the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. All right. Um, crazy week uh, for us uh, here at uh, the Watchdog on Wall Street show, myself in particular. Um, I had kind of elusive yesterday during the podcast, uh, had a, uh, uh, death in the, uh, family and, uh, trying not to, um, trying not to let it affect, uh, things I have to do over the course of the day, like the podcast, like the radio show, we're going to make all of that happen. Um, man, I'll, I'll express myself and talk a little bit more about it, uh, on the weekend show, the big show. But anyway, let's got to get into some of the stories of the, um, the day here. Um, this was off of uh, what was this? U.S. News and World Report. They did a story on scores, student scores in math and reading for U.S. students across the board. This is the scores that were done for fourth and eighth graders in the United States. They have uh, dropped, continue to drop, and they got these um, supposedly super smart people that are compiling these numbers. Here is somebody from uh, MIT, and they, they look at the various different factors, and they say, oh, it's definitely, uh, definitely some of the, 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 the widest drops have to do with people that tend to be poor. Um, there's not really much of a, um, a difference depending upon race. So it's obviously not a, a white privilege thing. Um, there's what was the quote? The students who need to make the most academic progress are instead making no progress or are falling further behind. It's extremely troubling. Okay, uh, what are you supposed to do? What, what, what? Throw more money at the problem? I, I we've talked about this extensively, nothing you're gonna do. No, money's not going to solve this problem. Parents don't care. Kids aren't going to do well. Just that simple. Just that simple. The the, um, conclusion that I came up with, which again, completely outside the box. Completely outside. We we spend money on so haphazardly on so much crap with handouts and giveaways. We talked about the the transfer payments. What is it? 70% of our budget is transfer payments whether it be Medicare, Medicaid, Section 8, housing, food stamps, Social Security. It's money coming in that's getting paid out to somebody else. 70% of the money that comes in, that's where it's going. You want, you want to see these kids' uh, grades improve? Pay the parents if they do well. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Pay the parents if the kids do well in school. I, I'm, I would, I, you know, I'd be curious to see if they took a test area. Some test market, some city around the country, scores are bad. And all of a sudden, you give incentives, incentives to parents if their kids get A's and B's in school and they improve on the test grades. I'd almost guarantee it that all of a sudden those kids would start doing better because parents would take a 
an interest in what the kids are doing. All right, now they don't. They don't. So there you go. Anyway, anyway, again, not going to be able to fix those numbers. Uh, merger talks. Um, there was talk not um, long ago where Renault was thinking about getting together with Peugeot in France, and um, the French government owns a big chunk, a big chunk of Peugeot, and whatever reason it may be, they didn't like the way that that deal was structured. Um, there's now a deal, uh, well, they're looking to put together a deal for Fiat, Chrysler, and Peugeot. It would be a $50 billion company. Now, it's been, been decades since Peugeot has uh, had their nameplate here in the United States. I had it written down here somewhere how many years it's been. Um, again, it would be, this company would be the world's fourth largest uh, auto company uh, by volume. Um, and, and so I'm telling you right now, I don't get it. I don't get Well, listen, I, I guess some of these companies out there are saying that... Um, well, they're, they're, they're saying that, you know, that we're going to be able to work uh, better together and create greater efficiencies in rolling out electric cars. I, no, I just don't see it. I, I think that these uh, auto giants are there for one reason. I think it's going to be there just to enrich management. That's all. The management classes at these companies and these mega companies are going to get very, very wealthy. But I, but I don't see any. I mean, how would a company that size with the type of bureaucracy that would be involved? You're talking different cultures. You got, you got once an American company that got put together with an Italian company. There's a completely different culture clash right there. And then they put that together with a French company. And I'm just speaking from experience here. Sorry. Um, just had a Dodge vehicle. It uh, was a piece of garbage. <laughs> Sorry. It was. It, it, more things went wrong on that car than any other car I have ever owned. Period. The end. So you're going to be, we already got Fix It Again, Tony. And obviously it's a, it's a popular brand. Jeep is a very popular brand. I get that, and there's value there. But you mean to tell me you're going to see some sort of, um, I don't know, ingenuity? No, what's that? Where you see it coming from? Not in these big behemoths. You're going to see it in smaller companies. It is what it is. This is just going to feed the management class. That's all. That's all. And there'll be stock buybacks and there'll be payouts and the usual nonsense again and again and again. Sorry, not buying into that merger at all. I wanted to touch on this story. This has been something that we've talked about for years here on the program. In my opinion, one of the um, interesting two of the most corrupt uh, Corrupt agencies out, one of which is uh, FIFA. That's their charge of soccer. And interesting, we're talking about sports. And the NCAA. The NCAA, they like to hold themselves out as this uh, great bastion for student athletes and all this claptrap. 
Yeah. Uh, sorry. Not buying at all. There was a great episode I, back in the day, a South Park episode, they called it right, where um, Cartman uh, <laughs> was actually dressed as a, a plantation owner, all in white, talking to the colleges and how they go about taking advantage of the students and how much money they make off these kids. Uh, I never forget, never forget going to my first SEC football game and just looking at 100,000 people, 100,000 people in a stadium, all wearing the, the, the swag and the clothes and all this. And they claim to say, they, they tell you that for some reason that all this money just goes for their facilities and to help pay for other sports at the school. And people actually buy into that crap. They don't care. Yes, student athletes are completely taken advantage of. The NCAA um, put their finger in the air and seeing which way the wind is blowing. So they're deciding to change a little bit. That's right, a little bit. They're clearing the way for college athletes to begin profiting from their name, image, and likeness. Yeah, that, that means that means players would be able to get paid if they, you know, EA Sports came out with a video game, a college football or college basketball video game. Now, again, California just passed a law requiring schools in the state to allow college athletes to earn endorsement money. The NCAA has resisted this for a while. Why? Because they want all the money to themselves. They're pigs. They're pigs, they've been pigs forever, and they'll continue to be pigs. We must embrace change, said Michael Drake, the chair of the board and president of Ohio State. The NCAA said it must be, this uh, changes in details must be in a manner consistent with the collegiate model, making clear that compensation for performance or participation is still prohibited among other conditions. But the directive nonetheless paves a way for a scrambled financial landscape in college sports. Let me explain to you something here. Do you think that, that, that a student athlete paying a revenue sport, I'm not talking baseball, baseball is not a revenue sport, I'm talking basketball and football, revenue sports. Those kids, nowadays, they don't even go to class. No, they don't go to class. Most of their classes are taken online. Is that a normal college experience where you're, you're meeting the other kids? I have a um, good friend of mine. His son, uh, son was a great football player. He's small. small. Well, small in the sense that you know, he couldn't play Division I football at the position he played in high school, which was linebacker. But he was also a long snapper and really good at it. D1 scholarship, the amount of hours that they put in, big-time college football, top 20 team, the amount of hours that they put in over the course of the week dedicated to football, time for nothing. Time for basic time for class. Again, online classes. Do you think that that's a normal college existence? No, it's not. And is your kids becoming better educated by doing that? It's, it's a college, right? Student athletes, give me a break. Give me a break. Cut it out. Could I stop? You got, they, they just keep lying right to your face. Again. Give me a break, please. 
You want this to be fair. You want this to be right. Allow kids who are good enough to go right to the pros. Period. Period. Why won't you let them do that? Well, because it'll take money out of your pocket. That's it. Afraid people people won't pay as much attention. Won't pay as much attention to the the sport if the best athletes are, are leaving and going to some sort of NFL minor league model. And listen, my my brother played college football, Division Three. Every week there'd be a tailgate. There'd be a few thousand people at their games. Small New England school, great school, great football conference. Had a great experience. People, you have to put this into perspective. I know you all want to be entertained. I get it. I keep the Maximus there and Gladiator. Are you not entertained? I get it. But give me a break, Okay. I'm going through this, not to the, the level that obviously this other stuff is going on. My son plays a non-revenue sport, plays lacrosse. Committed to a D1 school. He's got a couple more years of high school. He's a junior before he goes on. He knows the commitment that it's involved. He, he can't, can't have a job, work, study, can't do anything like that. It's over 40 hours a week they put in. Easy. Like I said, that's not basketball. That's not football. What, they don't deserve any money? They don't deserve any sort of compensation. Right, sure. Anyway, people coming out, oh, I'm going to ruin the model. Well, then, you know, change the model. If you want to keep it that way, fine. You want to keep it, but allow the kids that are good enough to move on. Joni uh, Ernst unveiled uh, this thing. It's, it's a gimmick. Call it what I say, it's a gimmick. But I get it. It's called the Swag Act. She wants to cut wasteful government spending on fidget spinners, mascots, and koozies. I bet you this doesn't even pass. The Stop Wasteful Advertising by the Government Act prohibits the federal government from spending money to create a mascot to promote an agency, as well as producing swag such as fidget spinners, koozies, and mascots. I'm telling you right now, it won't pass. I'll tell you why it's not going to pass. Because um, certain politicians will say, well, you know, I've got a buddy that makes fidget spinners. And that's how they, they make their money. It's through this. <laughs> this is some of the, some of the numbers here. Uh, government agencies have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on tote bags and other swag, which includes 605000 for coloring books, 60000 for keychains, 33000 for Snuggies, 17000 for koozies, $16,000 for fidget spinners. What's your government? That's what they do. They spend money. Okay, quickly, I want to touch about this uh, stock that I've made fun of um, in the past because it's... Yeah, I understand the idea, but to think that this is some huge, big deal and that you've come up with this great, big, amazing concept because you deliver people food and you have an app, Grubhub. Grubhub stock, what was it, down 
yesterday. They slashed their outlook, warning that um, fierce competition is eating into sales and profits. Um, in a 10-page letter to investors, Grubhub chief executive Matt Maloney blamed what he called promiscuous diners. In addition to Grubhub and Seamless, they're getting lured to other services like Uber Eats and DoorDash that have been dangling discounts It's very hard to trick a consumer to pay more than they want to pay. Consumers are incredibly price sensitive. They understand what they are paying. Uh Again, this is, it's, the margins are tiny. But he ever, I mean, I'll, I'll take a look at Uber Eats and Grubhub and I'll see the, the price difference in what you're paying to have. I'm like, you're out of your mind. I went on Uber Eats one time, and I, I took a look at how expensive it was to have the food delivered the markup. I'm like, I'm not paying that. And then they got to pay the driver. And the, How the hell is this a company that's going to be around for an extended period of time? I remember a guy that used to do this on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. He tried to get restaurants to sign up. This is in the early 1990s, and he would deliver dinners. Delivered dinners from these fancy restaurants to people's homes that didn't do delivery themselves. Now you've just made it bigger. I, sorry, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, it's funny too. Is you had you had some of the the best and brightest on Wall Street with the fanciest pants degrees at the fancy pants uh, brokerage firms like Goldman Sachs having strong buy recommendations on this stock. And they come out after the fact. Oh, oh, sorry, man. So we were wrong on that one. We we're wrong. Idiots. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met. The dumbest people I've ever met on Wall Street and some of these, these high-end Goldman Sachs-type analysts. Anyway, guys, I, I've, I, I wish I could stay longer today. I can't. I, I'm running around. Like I said, we've got, uh, got a lot of family stuff i got to do. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about what happened. Uh, this weekend. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Have a great day.